You're listening to the Marginally Geeky Show, the Epically Geeky Book Club. Greetings and welcome to the Marginally Geeky Show. I'm your host for the evening, Eugene Stevens. Uh, tonight I'm joined by our, our usual cast, uh, Jen and Chris and Ray. How are y'all doing? Hey. Spectacular. Good. Excellent. What, uh, you got something going on in the drink there with the spectacular there, Chris? Or? No, it's tea with oatmeal creamer. So gotcha. Special. Cool. Um. Well, tonight we are uh, we're doing a book that actually just came out what a month or so ago. Like it's it's a really new book, um, so we wanted to again jump on jump on it and and uh, and read it. And when I proposed it, I was like, well, we'd read it for March, but the show would come out in April. And Jen was like, perfect, that's like, you know, Earth Month or whatever. So, mm-hmm. um, so every uh, month is Earth Month. You er, that's very true. Every month is Earth Month. <laughs> um, so uh, <laughs> I was gonna make a joke and it was stupid anyway um <laughs> hashtag that joke anyway yeah. uh so uh, tonight we are we have read uh how to avoid a climate disaster by bill gates um as usual let's start off with you know just kind of a quick you know what was your initial thoughts um since the topic is about climate uh jen what was what were your initial thoughts i liked it um it wasn't too dark like a lot of climate change books i feel like can get really depressing um he was truthful which is what we need so he didn't like sugarcoat things but it also wasn't all doom and gloom and um i liked that will wheaton narrated it that was pretty cool i think Uh, i think he did a good job of just giving a basic overview of all the issues it was a lot of information but he explained it in ways that people can understand and i think apply you know so uh chris what about you um much like jen i liked it too i haven't read a lot of um climate change books because a lot of them are in my opinion doom and gloom they are a lot of we've fucked this earth so hard that we can't come back from it we're all just toast um so i can't read stuff like that it makes me sad and then i freeze and do nothing um this one i really really like because um it it did it offered solutions it offered and he was truthful and he was honest and it it made me understand why change takes so long because we have all these we know what we have to do by this day like or by this year so why is it taking us so long to get there when we already know um so that was always my frustration and him explaining it that way it was like oh yeah okay well that makes sense and i wound, i wound up feeling very motivated and hopeful which is a first after reading a climate change book because it, there was, he offered a lot of solutions if we are, if we want it. And, and it is like, but we have to do the right ones too. Right. So that it, I just thought it was really awesome. And I loved that it was narrated by <laughs> Will Wheaton. It was really cute. Uh, Ray, what about you? Yeah, I wasn't expecting Will Wheaton. So <laughs> Because it started off with Bill actually doing his own yes. thing, and I'm like, I'm kind of gl- no offense, to Bill. Uh, I'm kind of glad they went with Will. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, okay. Um, I'm I'm gonna so I don't do a lot of uh, reading on this topic, um, more because a, uh, a lot of books they don't they don't touch on um, 
realistic ideas on how to move forward and how to get a, a general population to move forward. So what I liked about this book was um, this touches on everybody. This touches on uh, what pretty much at all the different levels of government and at all the different levels of people, uh, whether we're from a rich country or a poor country, doesn't really matter. He touches on what everybody's needs to do to, to kind of chip in because this is a world problem and uh, and we all need to kind of help out with it. So I, I liked that. It wasn't, um, it was uh, information that was to get your attention and then facts to kind of like, here, this is what we can do to kind of help out. So I like that. It was, it was good that way. Um, I'm going to chime in and say pretty much the same thing. I I was not sure whether or not I was going to enjoy the book. I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. And for the reasons that you all have pretty much outlined, um, he's one of those guys that he's probably 95% of the time always the smartest guy in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe about not about specific topics, but the fact that you know, he's just like, okay, well, here's what we need to get to, and here are the facts. And it's not sexy. It is not a sexy book by any means, which I loved because it's like, okay, here's why we need to do that. And here's five hard, you know, examples of data that shows why this is the Here's case. a spreadsheet. <laughs> exactly. And the whole time I kept thinking in the back of my head, you know, listening to some of the political pod- the political podcasts I listened to talking about why Ross Pro did so poorly – is because numbers and charts aren't sexy, but he got the information across. So everyone looks back and they're like, he had he was running circles around everyone else, but because it was like, well, let's look at this chart, everyone just like, you know, just zoomed out. So yeah. I could see how some people might do that with this book, but like I felt like it was written for me because not only did it, not only was like you know it was it had you know hard information. It wasn't just. I think this needs to happen. It's like, no, we've got scientific proof and here it is. And let me point it to you. And, and, um, but it also came at it as, um, it wasn't doom and gloom, but it also came, uh, uh, at it, like you said, Ray, in that it was practical. Um, and, and, you know, I, I haven't read a lot of books about climate change, but I, I did read one and it was just like, you know, we have to just right now, just turn off all the coal factories. And it's like, yeah, yeah. Well, um, <laughs> kind of need power. Yeah. Um, so can't really do that. But I, yes, we need to get to that point. But it's it's a How thing. Yeah. And one of the other things is is one of the books that I read. Um, I want to say it was The Rational Optimist, and he touches on this thing of, and it was the first time I'd ever heard about it. It was, yes, we need to do a lot of stuff to improve the planet. But we also can't just say, oh, well, we're the richest country uh, or one of the richest countries, so we're going to do it, and we expect you to do it as well. So sorry, you have to keep burning wood in your hut to to have light. And it's like that that's not fair. We can't do that to the rest of humanity. And I'm so glad. Now, granted, he's become a huge humanitarian, Mm -hmm. you know, in his in his uh, later years. So I'm sure he I'm glad he came at it from that aspect. So. As we've already kind of hit on, the, the the focus of the book is he does go over and talk about, you know, it's well known, climate change is real, you know, can't, you know, can't, you know, BS it and say it's not or that, you know, this, that or the other. And we do Unless need you're to do a Republican. <laughs> um, Certain ones. No offense. Yeah. <laughs> on the upload. yeah but uh <laughs> but yeah it's it, you know we have to do something to help this planet we've we've got to we've got to start hitting these benchmarks 
and he comes up uh, uh, comes at it very very rationally. It's <laughs> like okay, uh, well first off, I'm I'm glad you're recycling. I'm glad you're doing your part, but in the long run, it doesn't really mean shit. Like we have to go after these companies slash countries. And we've got to start making these these massive movements. But it's a problem because in order to do that, we have to, you know, we have to figure out better ways to do things. And like he lists things like uh, concrete is apparently mm-hmm. a huge problem. I mean, it's fantastic for for building and and you know make you know having a civilization and and everything else. But it's it's a hard process to get around because it's it's science the way we scientifically make concrete causes a bunch of CO2. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he comes at it he comes at it like that. He comes after uh, the power um, issue. You know how how we are creating power. Um, and I'm so glad that he's not one of those people who's adverse to. Hey, why don't we build like 17 nuclear plants and just like shut off all the coal plants? So, but yeah, yeah. that's that's what I liked is. Because I went to an environmental natural resource school for college for three years, and my professors raged, ranted, pointed a lot of fingers at the nuclear power industry because they were hippies. And that was the big the big thing was nuclear power was going to destroy the planet because the waste is pretty terrible. But what the problem is is that we don't have – there's no bridge from fossil fuels to renewables. There's nothing. You can't go from one to the other and expect it to work the same. We just do not have the technology, the innovation yet, yet. But nuclear power can get us there, which was why I told Ray that he would probably like this book because it's he's pro nuclear in that he acknowledges that it's it's a necessary stepping stone and that the technologies for it are. Listen, there, yeah, there are some amazing things that happen with nuclear power, um, and and it is such a regulated industry mm-hmm. that I think that's what a lot of people forget uh, is that it is regulated to the point of uh, we actually have to throw out um, smoke detectors in a separate uh, waste facility because it has radionuclides in it. Uh, all 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 smoke detectors have radionuclides in it, and when you, so we have uh, so um, the nuclear industries have to throw them out in a separate uh, way because they're radioactive. But if you were to take a building that you just knocked down that had never been any part of that industry, uh, they can just toss them out and not mm-hmm. even think about it. Yeah. So it's like it just so the the. The regulation, which is a great thing, it's good that it's being regulated. Um, it's uh, it, it, there's a lot of stigma to it uh, yeah. because of because of what can go wrong. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I think he gave a good um, look at the pros and cons of every type of energy, though. Yes. Like he acknowledged that nuclear has these benefits but they also have these drawbacks um yeah and he tells the difference between fusion and fission which is kind of cool because if we can unlock is it fission that we're doing or not doing? fusion is that what yeah so i'm really excited by fusion there's some uh, amazing work going on uh i was really hoping that canada would get into it because uh one of the um one of the fuels that they use is called tritium and and it's a radioactive isotope of hydrogen I'm really excited by that because um, they fuse hydrogen essentially together and they make helium. So your byproduct is helium. 
Now, the core of the fusion reactor would be radioactive for a while just because of uh, free neutrons that would be floating around. But the yeah the the stuff that's going on with that is really exciting. So um, there's an ITER um, reactor being built in France right now, and uh, yeah, if you get there's some pictures of of it. Uh, there's a I think it's called Tokohama uh, reactor. Um, you can actually see photos of the inside of the plasma while it's running. It's amazing. It's really cool. So. Yeah, so the source material is easier to come by, and the um, yeah. the process or the uh, what's left over isn't radioactive for very long. So, like, it's kind of the perfect, you know. Yes, yeah, so that's what a lot of people energy. don't don't realize is that tritium, which is again radioactive isotope of of uh, hydrogen, is actually naturally occurring. We actually have it in our oceans. Uh, and so you can extract it. There are ways of done uh, that, uh, to do that. Canada was actually uh, one of the um, a big producer of tritium for a while uh, because we would actually create deuterium, which is what we use for our reactors. It's called heavy water. Um, and yeah, there's there's some fun stuff with you that. You can so talk for I, a long time. I, I can keep going on that one. But oh uh, no, you were oh. just throwing out some terms. And I was like, you're getting awful marvelly here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then he got dunked in a tank of it, and, and then we add the off. unobtainium and uh, <laughs> so vibranium. Yeah. So if you want to, so there's hydrogen, then there's deuterium, which is uh, so hydrogen is just a yeah a proton with a, an electron on it. Deuterium is your proton, your uh, neutron and uh, electron, and then your tritium is your proton and two neutrons, and that's when uh, that's when it's radioactive. So um, you're prick. You're <laughs> prick. <laughs> anyway, so yes, Canada used so, uh, deuterium uh, to regulate the neutrons in their reactors, which is called the can-do reactors. So, but that's for a fission process. So what fusion does is it uses that as the, instead of as a moderator, they use it as a fuel, which is pretty cool. All I kept thinking the whole time during that section was, if we can get this, then we can get like long range space travel, right? That would be like yeah, no more fossil fuels. That's yeah. most of the weight. You know, and you just yeah, that's that's definitely part of it. And 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 I'm glad he said I agree with him in that. um, Unfortunately, yeah, we we need regulations to get Mm -hmm. people to move over to stuff, but we need to be pouring a bunch of money into. Hey, guess what? Um, First one to to get to this gets a billion dollars, whatever, because. And it's one of those things that, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sure there are people working on this left, right and, and center because it's one of those things that if whoever unlocks this, like they're going to be they're going to be in real trouble. Like there's going to be countries that are just going to just flip out like, can well, they talked about it in the in the bottom. We talked about it in the Bobaverse books, the idea of cheap energy basically caused the Middle East to just go nuclear, literally. And. Unfortunately, that would be something that happened if it came really quickly. I mean, granted, surely it would be it would be over amount of time, but the, it's one of those things. It's like, yeah, why would you not be working on this? Why would you not be trying to be the first person to to crack this nut? Um, yeah, there's a lot of money right now, but how about all of the money <laughs> later on? So, um, I really liked that he um, 
throughout the book focused on innovation though yes. you know everything yes. was about we can do this we're smart enough and that's a theme i see a lot in other books and other people like we can fix this we've just got to like you know put our mind and our money to it like mm-hmm. Can I also say he's the first one that I really remember talking about. These are good problems that we have. These are this is this is a good thing that we have people coming out of poverty. This is a good thing that we have people that are living longer. Like he touched on the point of it uh, that these are good things. We just have to do it differently so that we don't screw Destroy ourselves. Yeah. Because right. so I like the idea of like no no no. There's it's good that. China has has done a bunch of work to try and get their uh, a, a lot of people out of poverty. Uh, we need to India. do yeah India as well. Um, uh, certain parts of Africa are working towards that as well. So it's it's important, mm-hmm. but it's it's also these are good things mm-hmm. that are happening in the world. We just have to do better. Yeah, we I can't like expect. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, it's okay. I was just gonna say I like that he said. Um, he wasn't talking about how, see, I think the big problem when you read, uh, when you hear about climate change is all the, the, what holds people up is all the sacrifices. It sounds like they're going to have to make people, especially in the Western world really like, I mean, our lives are pretty cushy. We don't have to worry about a whole lot. Right. Um, and we like our stuff. And so that's always the hard thing, especially like this pandemic has just pulled it right out to the front for it. The individualism of people, right? Like you can't tell me what to do with myself. Right. So he's saying we just need like we're not asking you, not asking you to give up your way of life. We just have to do it in a way and have energy and electricity. I think electricity was the biggest one um, to keep our lifestyles going. We just have to do it in a in a way that doesn't, you know, ravage the earth. And that's the first time I've, I've heard of somebody writing something like that and saying, no, I'm not asking you to sacrifice anything. We just got to change stuff. Yeah. That's all. While also mentioning the economic disaster. Yes. Right. Like the, the, our economy would be absolutely shit if we did the fast changes. So it's, it's doing it in a way that we can figure it all out as one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he, I mean, um, I don't know how much back. I don't know how much of his bio, you know, biography y'all know. Like he, but he's definitely always been that guy of, all right, well, let's figure it out. Like uh, <laughs> when they, uh, when they were originally coming up with, like uh, they had to come up with a, an operating system uh, to uh, to sell with these computers. They were like, yeah, we, we, yeah, we can do that. We can do that. And literally, they had nothing. So they went out and bought DOS. Mm-hmm. So and then and then, you know, modified it to what they need to do. But it was like, yeah, we can do this. Now let's just figure out how to do it. And it's it's always a problem. It's um um one of his uh, first girlfriends was talking about how um, everything in the Gates house was a, was a competition. It, everything was a competition. Who can who can swim out to the dock and back first? Who can do this first? It was it was very much push yourself, push yourself, you know, do more, be more, create more. Uh, so his mentality of of that I I really liked because like you said it it's very uplifting to think like you said there are books out there that are like no we're screwed tough you're you're just reading this to you know we're buying time until we're we're mm-hmm. gone and he's like no we we've got time we can do this like mm-hmm. yeah um but uh, I, sorry I, I was gonna say I also like though that. He said, we, we can't make decisions based on the 2030 goals. 
some of those decisions that we make for that won't help us get to the goals of 2050. So that 2030, we may have, that's more of a guideline, but our final decisions have to be that further ahead uh, and further down the road of 2050. So I, I thought that was important too. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's crazy because like growing, I mean, I say growing up, you know, when I was in my, you know, late teens, early twenties or whatever, you know, Bill Gates was, was the devil. Like you know, <laughs> he owned Microsoft and Microsoft is horrible. And they, all they want to do is, is make money and, and this, that, you know, they were, he was considered a bad guy. And then, you know, he steps away and his wife's like, Hey, let's, let's look into help save the world. And now that's like, that's his jam. Mm-hmm. is 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 helping with stuff and and the fact that he even mentions he's like yeah we've done a lot of stuff to help a lot of people with malaria and disease and everything and climate change could totally wreck all the work we've done yeah so it, he's like it was a natural thing for me to start to start looking into it so yeah. and it's obvious that he knows he knows how to explain it. I, I didn't realize that he was as good at describing and explaining stuff as he is uh, I thought it was funny when he was talking about the one point with Warren Buffett, and he's like, "Yeah, my buddy Warren was asking about why this, so I explained it." And he goes, "Oh, yeah, that makes sense." People in the same crowd, that yeah. makes a bunch of good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey Warren, so, what do you what, what, what are you, you name drop casual? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, but yeah, it, it and like I said, I, I found the book uplifting. I found it really interesting. Um. I love the fact that there's so much information in it and he does cover a lot of stuff and he does even specifically say, he's like, there's like 12 things that we've got to work on, but let me just talk about maybe the top three. Like he understands I can't go on and on and on. I mean, yeah, he technically could, but then no one would read the book. So, um, uh, as for the reading itself, um, I think he would have done an okay job reading it. Yeah. We'll see, but no, I think Will Wheaton was a good choice. His time is worth more than reading that book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean. So the, you, you've mentioned the book a couple of times, and, and I did get a little bit of a feel. Um, was it who who read the Bobaverse? Was it? Ray, uh, Ray Porter. Was it Ray Porter? Yeah, Ray Porter. Reporter. If he had read this, I would have been like, this is the Bobaverse. Because <laughs> like, it just it felt like that where it's like, okay. Here's my list of things to do. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Here's the to-do list. So, all right, what's the next thing we got to knock off? And so, I, if yeah, if a reporter had read this, I would be like, this is just another Bob. <laughs> Bob yeah. Um. Well, like I was saying, and and y'all brought it up as well. Uh, I also love the fact that you know it's the humanitarian uh, aspect of it as well. It's not just okay. Well, here's the clear cut clear cut path we have to get there. Mm-hmm. let's just do it it makes sense we're going to do it and not taking into a fact you know into account the fact that yeah and and you know while we do this we're going to destroy the world economy and you know throw a bunch of people back into you know severe poverty and yeah it's just it's not doable there we've got to we're, we're humans we have to go about it the human the human way yeah um so there's like a um philosophy i guess in you know sustainable development people profit planet you can't just focus on the planet you can't just focus on the economy or profit like you need to take all three into consideration and take the cost of the planet into consideration like he says a few times when you're pricing things like well yeah it's it's only gonna you know fossil fuels only cost two or three dollars a gallon but 
it's not factoring in the harm it's doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, we're yeah. not paying the true price for it. So, yeah. 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 It's um, uh, there. Uh, once again, going back to the other book I was talking about, the rational optimist, um, he even talks. And, and in that book, he talks about how uh, in the 19, I think it was the seventies. It was like, we're going to hit peak oil and we're going to be and that's it. That's going to be all the oil in mm -hmm. the eighties. And then the 90s and then the 2000s. And it's like, yeah, if you look at what we're doing right now with no deviation, we're not going to increase or, or better the way that we you know, deal with this stuff. We're not going to have any innovation in how we create stuff, manufacture stuff, anything like that. If there's no deviation, yes, your, your information is correct. We're going to run out, run into a problem, whatever. And he's just like, don't bet against humanity because – there's lots of things that probably should have wiped us out, but someone figured out something against all yeah. odds. Yeah. And I've always kind of like, I've always liked that theory. Cause I'm just like, yeah, things are looking bad, but who knows? It, all of a sudden you may be like, yeah, so we cracked uh nuclear fission. So yeah, fusion. Right. So, uh, no, yeah. <laughs> we're going to have a, a, a fusion reactor underneath the ground in every, uh, different area here. Um, yeah. We'll make sure we cover the locations, but uh, yeah, we're we're set. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's go live oh. on the moon. Fusion yeah. reactor in every home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't need it. <laughs> no. <laughs> it, it's the amount of power that they can create. Uh, I'm really excited. Seriously, like it's. Are you nerdy yeah, now, hun? A little bit. Get mm. on it, Ray. Make it happen. I can't. I'm not that smart. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, we need to go get him to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Counseling this big. So, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I, like I said, overall, I, I really enjoyed it. I loved all the different things he talked about. And he does talk about the fact that, you know, um, uh, you know, there are certain things that we're, we're working towards that do help, but in the end, uh, I almost sent it to y'all. Uh, John on Oliver did a video. I think it was last week, week before talking about oh, plastics. plastics. Yeah. yeah. And he specifically mentions the fact he's like, you know, uh, all these ad campaigns were like, you know, what are you, what are you going to do with the plastic bottle? And the question should be like, no, what are you doing with the plastic bottle manufacturers? Like mm -hmm. this should be on you. Like you're, Oh yeah. I recycled five bottles while you produced 5,000 in that same amount of time. It's, but I, I did like the, the fact that he brought up plastics as a potential way to reduce our carbon as well in the way of that it would be a, a container for it, right? Like right. you'd actually be able to use the plastics to it's house the carbon. And then, that yeah, like, so if you had a, uh, it would be a, a, ne a net negative to carbon if we used it that way. Oh, yes. I right. liked the, the green, was it the green price or the green percentage what was it called the green premium the, the green, green premium. premium that's right yeah that things, yep. yeah that that certain uh technologies innovations and things that we use now have on it and why um it's not implemented yet is because the green premium of it is far too high it doesn't make economical sense to put it in place because it would just wind up fucking everything yeah. up so i really like that and him explaining because again i i didn't in school, we were never told why the world is the way it is and how steps we can change it. It was always just like, don't do this, don't do that, just use this. Everybody needs a green roof. Um, dishwashers are evil and everybody should stop cutting their lawn. So 
I did learn other things, but <laughs> some of the professors were very much anti-corporate, anti-capitalists, and it anti-establishment, was yeah. anti-establishment too. And so not knowing why these things aren't taking place right now, knowing that we have to do them and him explaining it well, it's a lovely idea. However, A, B, C, D, and E need to come into place first before it gets put into the mainstream and it made me feel it made me feel a lot better like okay people are taking this seriously this isn't just being ignored it's just there's a lot of hurdles a lot of red tape to get through to get to it but it's out there and it does exist it's just it's got to you know make its way to the mainstream so that i was excited and encouraged about that that these innovations are there that people are serious about climate change there's a lot of research and development being done more money needs to be put in r and I think he mentioned that if you do want to donate if if or if we do stand a chance on anything money has to be funneled into research and development for these scientific innovations if if anything is if that's your takeaway money into r and so yeah, I it just it got, I got excited. It was like this is what I should have learned in school <laughs> back in 2000, 2000 to 2003. That's what I would have liked to have learned is how can I how can I do this instead of what's wrong and just what to avoid and not do. You know what that yeah. that's another big thing I really liked is that he comes in at the book and and I I hate this for any book any any conversation any anything where people are just like, well, this is what's wrong. And Mm -hmm. my first question always wants to be, then what can we do to fix it? And he's like, okay, here, here's what to do to fix it. And just starts listing it. And you have to respect someone who's done the research to, to, to do that type of thing. And uh, one of the other technologies that he mentioned that it's like, yeah, it's, it's super expensive. We can't really do it right now is the, the, the carbon capturing. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, man, that man, can you imagine like if you could (laughs) figure out a way to make that economical? Cause especially if you're capturing carbons, like, okay, well, what do we put carbon into? I don't know. Fucking make diamonds out of it. Like just <laughs> literally just be like, here, here's diamonds made out of, you know, carbon that was in the, which by the way, there is, I did read a couple, a couple months ago, there is a process. Someone is doing that. It's There's extremely costly, sell. but yeah, they're, the they're harvesting the carbon out of the air and turning them to diamonds. And I'm just like, perfect. Cause we know that shit ain't going to break and, and <laughs> release the carbon anytime soon. So, um, the other thing that I thought it was really interesting too was he he brought up the whole uh, emergency break glass only if it's dire, uh, which is the the geo uh, engineering. engineering. And I, I'm I'm glad he brought that up because it's like yeah these are things we can look into and we probably should look into for a just in case, but uh, it's not something to rely on, right? So here's the thing: we have a perfectly livable planet. We mm-hmm. need yeah. to fix that one before we try to create a new one or look for another planet to live on. Like it's well, cheaper yeah. To, yeah. to preserve what you have than to geoengineer well, it into something because you fucked it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Ray well, was talking about the like the making the causing the brighter and yeah, the re- re- reflectivity. That's what I of mean. Yeah. 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 Like trying to do all that shit. It's just like, how about we just. Yeah. Because I'm sure that won't cost a damn arm and a leg. Yeah. Well, so. he... He compared. I think he actually gave a price for it, and he said it is a much more reasonable price to try and get those things to work. Mm-hmm. But he said it's not a long-term fix. That's just yeah. a that just extends the window that we have to fix what we can. So 
let's focus on the things we can fix. And then if we need a little bit more time where we're getting closer, then we smash that glass and, you know, make our clouds 10% brighter and away we go. Mm -hmm. And the whole time he was talking about that, the only thing I could think of is like, well, that's that's what's going to come to is we're going to have to do we're going to have to hit a hit point or that's going to have to happen. And that will be the wake up point for a lot of people who are going to be like. Oh shit! Like y'all, y'all weren't kidding, were you? No, fuckers, we no, weren't. <laughs> yeah, and what you were saying, Eugene, about um, CCS or carbon capture is—we have natural carbon sinks in the world. The ocean is one of the biggest ones. Trees, um, which I think he mentions, actually aren't the best way to capture carbon. Soil. I mean, the ice in that is melting, you know, in the permafrost. Mm-hmm holds carbon the the bottom of this the ocean bed holds carbon and methane so it's like how about we just not ruin those yeah (laughs) we wouldn't need to invent things to suck the methane out of you know whatever we're (laughs) emitting it from (laughs) can i also mention that uh the whole like i sorry (laughs) i couldn't stare at it any longer um though for everybody that's terrified of eating the cell-based meats. meats, it's still meat. It's not. It's just. And you know what? Bring something, it on. I'm ready. Somebody didn't have, or something didn't have to die in order for you to. Exactly. So, yeah. I'm exactly all about the lab-grown meat. Because yes. then I don't have to think I killed an animal to eat this, but I still get to enjoy it. Every, <laughs> right. Every yeah. time I think about or I hear about like new innovations in food, and they're like. Um, basically like growing it in the lab i think of that scene in demolition man where it's that they're underground and it's that little robot and he talks about recycled food how it's good for the environment okay for you so I, <laughs> I forgot about that <laughs> it's just this little part running yeah. around because because vegan food like some of the vegan food is not good for you because it is so processed with an inch of a life yeah. but when you talk about its environmental impact it, it's better for the yes. environment yeah yeah lab grown meat is actually on my list of topics for yeah. sustainably geeky someday if i can ever yeah. find someone to talk about it so if you're listening, oh that will be interesting that, that would be interesting, interesting for sure listen if you smoke it right it'll still taste good oh yeah <laughs> there you go Just throw a lot of barbecue sauce sure tastes any different <laughs> Well, is there anything else that he had in the book that you specifically want to bring up? Um, I, we've hit all the major points. Like I said, I, uh, I I told the group before the show I didn't actually take any notes on this book just because it's a lot of information and it's, but it's all very positive. It's all yeah. very, yeah, this it's bad, but we can fix it. And here's here's how we can at least go at it. And and, and I did think once again going back to the Bobbiverse books, it was like, yes, yeah, it sounds a little hand wavy, but he even acknowledges it. He's like, yes, we need something that will do this. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to do that, <laughs> but maybe someone will. So yeah, yeah stay positive and, and let's work towards that. So yeah, one of the things that I found most interesting was when he talks about energy production and storage. Like I knew that there were issues with batteries. Yeah. developing but but i didn't realize why like chris said you know what the why was and and mm-hmm. how difficult it is to produce these batteries and why we're probably not going to get any better capacity or or you know lower weight and size out of them um 
so that was kind of eye-opening for me like you know my thought is if you put in solar put in a battery pack you know and you'll be fine but apparently you know it's not that simple so <laughs> well i mean there's a reason why tesla is the only one right now that's offering house size batteries or whatever. yeah the power so, wall or whatever which by the way uh my partner at work is is still checking into that and once he kind of gets some prices and stuff it may be something that i don't know about this house but I would definitely look at doing because, yes, having solar panels and feeding stuff back to the grid is a great idea. Um, having all of the electrical system knocked out and literally having power cells sitting on my roof that I can't use pisses me off. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. It does. Like my you know, granted, my mom never lost power, but I have friends that had had, you know, solar cells installed on their houses and lost power for several days. Because it, you can't just shift it. You can't just go out there and throw a switch and say, oh, no, don't don't be on the grid anymore. Use the yeah. power that's generating. Oh. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. They're still tied into the grid, though. And well, okay. They're, well, no, they're, no you, you can set up the systems here where it would so, automatically flip. But anyway, yeah. that's a whole other topic. And then, the, well, then you also have to be able to store it for, you know, nighttime. Yes. Yeah. That's where that's where that big battery comes in. But yeah, the the whole like he and I think he even mentions he's like, yes, we're not going to get to that. We're not going to be running cruise ships and 18 wheelers and stuff on 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 batteries. That's that's fine on our current technology. Now, if someone figures out, oh, hey, here here's the missing thing. We should have been using this metal instead of this one. And all of a sudden things get stupid light. Then who knows? But yeah. And he. Yeah points out like I, I think he talks about this right like the lack of innovation in automotives over the past 150 years is three percent or something ridiculous compared to you know like he, i think yeah. he used the example of a, a processor or something doubles yeah. in capacity oh, yeah. every yeah. few months or years and yeah. the, we've done car, much, we've done pretty much everything we can with uh, a gas engine yeah, yeah like not much more we can do with it Internal combustion engines have operated the same since they were invented in what the 1880s or 90s. Mm -hmm. We still, yeah, do everything, every bit of maintenance and you know, powering it may be a little different. We don't use coal anymore, but <laughs> it's like, come on, let's move on from this. This is yeah. dirty. It's a lot of work. It breaks down easily. It's emitting fossil fuels. You know, figure out a better way. Invest in in electric vehicle infrastructure <laughs> so people can buy them. Like us, well, you guys well, got one. <laughs> they're getting there, and I, on, I, I, you know, I sent, uh, I sent that picture of that uh, confirmed new um, uh, Volkswagen minibus, and I even sent it to Christy, and she goes, "It's kind of cute." I'm like, "Yeah, it's kind of awesome." I still think if someone doesn't turn one into the mystery machine, everyone's just dumb. But, um, and maybe it's just because of the paint scheme, but whatever. But yeah, it's that like one's on my list, man. That's a that is a band, that's yeah. a pretty pimp looking vehicle, to be honest with you. That's very futuristic. Just over, just over 300 horse. Uh, yeah, it's. What what I liked about um what Bill had said in his book about electric cars is that. If you live in a country where fuel is cheap, like America, um, the price of an electric car doesn't make sense because yeah. fuel is so cheap. In a country like Canada, where we have the equivalent to about $5 a gallon. Well, yeah, gas, for our premium gas, it's just over $5 a gallon. It makes sense mm -hmm. to go electric because it's cheaper. Because well, we got them subsidies. It, it, well, makes, it makes sense during the the fall and the winter. Everyone is already losing their shit down here because gas is getting up around $3. And I'm just like, yeah, 
everyone's about to start driving again. Yeah. And they lost a crap ton of money last year because of COVID. Yes, they're going to be jacking up the prices. Yeah. yeah. So, We're getting it around here. There's, oh, yeah, there's, which is another so, reason we got the electric car. Um, yeah. It's my... Your commute. My commute is is longer now, which is fine. I I signed up for that. I enjoy the commute, but um, then I started doing some math and I was like, you know what? It's time for us to seriously consider. And mm-hmm. so yeah, we pulled the trigger on it. And, and I think your home powered by nuclear. So thirty percent of uh of Ontario's power is supplied by a local nuclear um company. Then there's another nuclear plant down in the Pickering, Toronto area. Uh, they supply another, I want to say 15%. I think it's, so I think overall you're about 45% nuclear. Uh, the majority of uh, the rest or the majority of the grid in Ontario is then powered by hydro. Um, so so hydro- your car is like pretty green. No- no emissions at all because you're not powering it by fossil yeah. fuels either way. No. no. So yeah, the majority of our our grid is is that. Um, Which is why we call it hydro. I never really put that together. <laughs> uh, and then um, yeah, we do have we do have uh, wind farms as well in certain areas. So they're pretty sparse though. They're sparse like, yeah. and but they're not reliable at all. Sometimes no, they have to shut no. them down. And they are yeah. there though. So. They're there. Yeah. We'll see, except for the extreme cold that we had, the the ones in West Texas just go constantly. Like when I the last time I drove out to, to El Paso, I was just like, my God, these are everywhere. Yeah. So which, you know, right, fine by me pulling that power. So, yep. But uh, no, yeah, it's like even I like I mean, I, I love my flex that I have. Uh, I don't plan on getting rid of it anytime soon. Mm hmm. But I'm like, yeah, this will. I'm, I'm sure this will be the last gas vehicle I buy. Like, I can, I cannot see me not going to an electric next time because of, like you said, the commute. I literally could drive, I, I drive to work and back, and that's about it. Like, I just, I could probably plug it in for an hour and get all the juice that I needed because it's not that far a commute. So yeah, so I, I drive 150 kilometers a day, which is almost 100 miles a day. Whew. And so yeah, that's that's. So I was using a lot of gas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I will say is everybody that I take for a drive in that car, mm-hmm. they have a smile on their face, <laughs> which is what driving is all about anyway. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. So. I like driving it. It's fun. And the yeah, can braking, it's a little weird to get used to, but I like it. Yeah. yeah. You can charge it at work, right? Yes. Yes, we have chargers at work. So. Yeah, and we got a charging station here at home. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but we also have a charger. Yeah, we, we have a charger. We installed a charger at home, and then there's a couple around town as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, Very and that's cool. the thing. If the government, this is where government yeah. plays a role in this. If they would incentivize or subsidize somehow, or just start paying for some of the um, charging stations, you know, so that making trips is practical. So there wouldn't be much range range anxiety. <laughs> I have been listening to a couple. Of, I'll find the YouTube um, channel. Uh, I'll find it and send it to you guys. He has done uh, a bunch of cross country trips in different electric vehicles, uh, and over the last year, Electrify America has really improved 
to the point of we technically could drive down yeah, to, to Florida or to Texas. Uh, now, it would take us longer because our car doesn't charge very quickly. Um, even on a on a fast charger, it would be about 50 minutes mm-hmm. uh, from, from zero to full. But... Uh, it's getting better. There are some that can do it in about a half an hour or so, and that's unbelievable, right? Like that's that's awesome. So, see, there was some there was some technology that came out several years ago that were um, super capacitors, uh, and they were looking at trying to use them for like Sorry. drills and stuff. And it's like, oh, your drill died, done. Like five seconds, yeah. completely charging. And I'm just like, man, that's or why can't we just so, get batteries and switch them out? <laughs> You know, like put a deposit down, switch out mm-hmm. your battery, make it easy. So the, there's a couple of uh, vehicles that are they're looking at that where they have a process. It would change the battery in about 10 minutes, um, which is great. Uh, there's another one that would change the fluid in your battery. Uh, very similar where you would dump out the old fluid and put the new fluid in. And that would that would charge your battery uh, to give you a full charge that way. Um and then there's another technology that I've been listening to as well. Um, I'm trying to remember the basics. Oh, it was a motorcycle. And the motorcycle just ran off ran off of a capacitor. So what you did was you made sure it was like you'd plug it in and the capacitor would be full. And then you'd have 100 miles of range on the capacitor. So it would discharge as you would go. Yeah. But then it would regenerate as well as you break. So you would you'd still regenerate, but it would all it was all on a capacitor, which was pretty cool that they did that. Yeah. Uh, so it, there's different things. Again, innovations there. We just got to yeah. get it. Mm-hmm. Got to make it worth it. Yeah. Got to make it yes. worth it and get it behind it. Get yep. that green yep. premium down to zero. Of course, it may be the the capacitor thing may just be the whole thing that you know batteries. When you short a battery, yes, it releases a lot of power really quickly. When you short a capacitor, it releases everything all at once, which Ooh. is why, kids, you don't open old televisions. Uh, <laughs> How do you know this, Eugene? Uh, because I had a course in uh, computer oh. maintenance, and they talked about why you do not repair computer monitors. Or if you say- do, there are certain things that you have to take into account because even if it's been unplugged for a while, if you touch the wrong two things, like uh, your heart will stop. Oh dear! So, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, Newer I was just thinking you meant from like personal experience. No, you. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like I took apart a monitor one time to paint it, and I was like, I was like, all right, well, I'm ta- I'm I'm going to paint this thing, and I like unplugged it and set it off in the closet. And Christy's like, when are you planning on doing this? I'm like, oh, next month. <laughs> I'm not I'm not touching it until then. So uh but yeah. Uh was there anything else anyone wants to add that uh So just just to go along with it because it was announced today, um there's a, a local nuclear uh power plant uh has uh, has announced today that um so the the place is called Bruce Power. So Bruce Power aims to be the first nuclear plant in North America to achieve a net zero greenhouse gas emissions by by 2027. So they're looking at redoing their entire fleet um, of vehicles to make sure that they're uh, they're green, uh, and then they're also looking into new technologies to to help get them down to net zero by that. So that's six years. Like that's not far away, and that's mm-hmm. it, was, it was pretty cool that they announced that today. So I thought I'd share it with you. So very cool. Awesome. Yeah. 
Um, I will say if you're listening and you have a business or you're even like a person looking to, you know, that has influence over this stuff, your state probably has grants available. I know in Texas we have many TCEQ grants that help you electrify your fleet, that help you install charging stations. Um, so check out the, the things that are available because a lot of people don't know when the money doesn't get used. Mm-hmm. Like yep. if you're serious about, you know. And that money goes away if it's not used. Mm-hmm. Right? Like it, it, oh, nobody wants it? Okay, we'll just take that money away. Something else. Something. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep, that was uh, – <laughs> well, anyway. Um, side, side story. Um, I was just going – I was looking at the chapter titles and seeing anything else had, had popped out or whatever that I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot to talk about that. So. Um, all right, well, overall, just your final reaction. Um, I'll, I'll just go first. Like I said, I really enjoyed the book. Um it's not that I was not looking forward to reading it. Uh, it's just that we've we've read quite a few um, nonfictions here re- recently, and then I've I've been reading some nonfiction on some other stuff as well. And it was just like, man, do I really want to read something that's, that's <laughs> maybe going to bring me down on this? And then as soon as I, I listened to the introduction, I was like, no, I don't I don't think this is going to be that bad. And then, like I said, the, the further I got into it, the more I was just like. No, this is this is pretty positive. Like I I, I enjoyed listening to it. So, yeah. um, if you're looking for a, an environmental book uh, to listen to slash read, uh, and you don't want to get <laughs> depressed, uh, this may be the one to look for. So, uh, definitely, you know, I, I would definitely say check it out. So, uh, Jen. Um, yeah, I think this is a good entry level into this topic. You know, I mean, if you're hearing about climate change and like, what's the big deal? Why is this you know, a thing, um, I guess he doesn't go as much into the why or how it's happening, but more into the solutions and how we can address it. Um, that, you know, it's, it's very accessible. And, and I think, um, I'm glad that he's using the platform that he has because he has a very large voice and people listen to him, even though this isn't his area of expertise, he's done his research, he's using his, um, platform for good. And yeah, I think it's a good thing. People respect him. So. I, yeah, uh, just to throw in on that, you were talking about how it's it's not his area of expertise, but man, he's like, yeah, he so does. I didn't know how this worked. <laughs> so I found the top people in the world and had them explain it to me. And it's just yeah, like, yeah. of course you did. You're Bill Gates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's so, sharing it with us. So we don't he, have to exactly. do that. <laughs> yeah. So it's, you know, it, you know, most people are like, well, I heard from somewhere I read on Facebook. He's like, no, I went to the top scientists and asked them, why is this the he it is. It, so. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Chris. Um, yeah, like Jen said, this is a really great um, entry level if you are wondering about um, learning more about it, but have eco anxiety like I do, which is why I avoid a lot of these books like The Plague. I uh, I really I did. I came away with this hopeful. Um, I actually enjoyed. Like I was looking forward to reading it. I think at one point I listen to it for like I listened to half of it in one day because it was yeah because it was just one of those you know Will Wheaton might have something to do with it but I I just I did it was really great and it opened my eyes so much it made my um post-secondary education um make a lot more sense it made sense but where they could have done more where they could have bridged the gap and actually given us tools to do something about it instead of telling us what not to do. Um, and yeah, I just, I think everybody should be like course curriculum for kids, like just get, start them, 
we need innovation. Here's what we need to do. Let's go kids. And then, and we can have a whole generation of innovators. And that's a really good idea. I really like that idea. There you go. Cause it is, he, he doesn't, there's no big language in there. He doesn't try to make it sound like a science research paper. He doesn't try to do any of that stuff. He's just really on, like it's honest, broke down. Here's all the research. Which Here's the surprising. math. From yeah. him, you would think he'd yeah. be him, he's, yeah, super can, academic. <laughs> it is, but you can tell he's got a huge passion for this and it, it mm. fascinates him. So with that fascination comes him wanting to seek out every single answer he can find but he's big on education right so i yeah. think that's maybe why he kept it where it's at which is very accessible to everyone yeah so. accessible like jen said too so i think i think everybody should read this and it because it isn't it isn't gloom and doom it isn't one of those we're screwed it's not nihilistic it's not any of that stuff it's we we have we can have some honest to good plans here we could do this and it doesn't mean you have to sacrifice it doesn't mean you have to sacrifice anything. It just means things have to switch. They just have to, you know, do a 180. That's it. But you don't have to sacrifice your your house or your car. Your car just might be turned electric and your house may be heated a different way. That's it. Yeah. Um, so I think it, that approach is really, I think, very wide reaching. And I highly, highly, highly recommend anybody who's listening, please read it and then pass it along. Ray, were you like me? Did you enjoy the part where he was talking about farts? <laughs> and, how, and how melinda specifically told him he yeah. couldn't use it in a speech and he's like but it's my book and i'm doing what i want yeah <laughs> i may have giggled a bit yeah, yeah. yeah a little bit. <laughs> um yeah i i'm gonna say again like you guys have touched on all the major points um i was gonna say that uh, i thought it was he's given me a way to describe why i can support a carbon tax now i never had that before and now mm-hmm. now i understand why it's so important to have something like that um because the other the other part of this too and i'm glad he touched on it is there's a lot of people's lives depend on the oil industry and that's their income right and i can understand being that that being threatened to be taken away from you is very scary so to be innovative and to try and make sure that we get these people the jobs that they deserve, uh, but in new fields, uh, so that we're not taking their livelihoods away. That's really important, and and that was a big part of this book too. So, uh, please, yeah, go read it, enjoy it. I think it's uh, I think it's a fantastic read. Uh, Bill's going to be on with us at some point to read this as well, so it's <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, no, I just. Uh, I enjoyed it. It was a lot faster read than I thought it was going to be as mm-hmm. well. I never got bored. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Well, that is our uh, our discussion on uh, the book this month. Let's get and move on into uh, anything else we might be reading. Uh, Jen, are you reading anything else? Not currently, but um, as Chris mentioned earlier, I think we read a um, this wild one wild and precious life by Sarah Wilson mm-hmm. in our last episode of Sustainably Giggy, and that was also um, climate change esque. Yes, um, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but but a variety of that and inspirational yeah. and self help. So it it was really good. I liked it, and um, she was on our last show. So you know, if you want to learn more about the book, check that out. Yep. Uh, Chris, you reading anything else? 
Oh, so many things. <laughs> um, so she got a box. <laughs> so I went on Facebook Marketplace and may have bought a box containing 36 romance novels. Oh my god! I knew you were gonna say that. Nice. <laughs> so I've been reading. So I've been smut. It's smut. smut I don't care. <laughs> All right. I gotta read smut. Do so, you, girl? Yeah. So last year, my New Year's resolution was to read all the books in the house that I hadn't read yet before buying anything new, and I did that really well. I read a lot of books that I hadn't read before that I probably never would have, and I got into Lord of the Rings, and then I hit a bit of a wall. So I am. I only have a couple chapters left of Return of the King, and I'm like, I can't anymore. So when I found this thing so on Facebook. Like the third ending, and it was like, no, I'm done. I can't, I can't. I get it. <laughs> I know how this ends. I, I have to read something else. Sorry, Mr. Tolkien, but I like plot-driven books, not character-driven books. So I found, I saw this. I'm like, babe, I have to get this. It's my favorite authors. I'd given all these books away, and this lady was selling my two of my favorite authors. I'm like, oh my god, oh, oh babe, we gotta get. So I've, so my plan was just to read one to scratch the itch. I'm on book four. I Slow down, you're gonna run out. Well, you'd say you'd think that, then I'll just reread them. There you go. <laughs> so I'm currently reading the fourth one, and then I'm not gonna make any promises. I'll get back to Return of the King. When the box is done. Maybe when the box is done. <laughs> but it won't take me very long because I've read this is the fourth one, and I think I got I started it's... reading them like three weeks ago. So three or four uh, weeks. Yeah, so maybe a month. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> Because you didn't start reading the books till yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's what I'm reading. Awesome. I love you, Chris. <laughs> what about you, Ray? Are you reading anything else? Green Lights. Matthew McConaughey. Oh, okay. Please go read that book. Or li- but no, you know what? No, don't read it. Don't read it. Get the audiobook. It is so worth. Why is you, it worth it? Why is it worth it, babe? Who narrates it? Matthew McConaughey reads it himself. <laughs> and uh, I it, think he's got a new man crush. I do, cause like just listen to him talk about this stuff. It's like, dude, I just want to hang out with him for a little while. Hey. And his brain and Come yeah. To Texas. He lives an hour away from us. Apparently, apparently, yeah. And teaches uh-huh. at the university. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, seriously though, if if you need something to to, it, it's a little bit of an inspirational book, but um, it's just his notes on life, and he had a fucked up life sometimes, uh, and pretty cool that that he's he is where he is. So yeah, if you get an opportunity, please go go listen to that one. Okay, cool. Um, the only other thing that I've read, uh, a lot of podcasts and a lot of other stuff. Um, I read the new book that came out by Andrew, Andrew Main. Uh, it's the second book in, I can't remember what the name of the series is. It's called Black Coral. Uh, he has, he has several book series out. Um, and it looks like he's slowly but surely moving to an Avengers style meetup of, of, of his main characters. That's cool. And, um, I actually meant to tweet at him because he's very good about replying. Um, I was expecting to hear one of two names from one of the other, you know, book series and the names that he threw in there. I'm like, Oh, okay. So yes, this is where we're going. Uh, can't wait to see the Avengers team up on this. It's going to be awesome. But, um, it's called black coral. It's the second book in a series. Uh, the first one is the girl under the water. Um, 
and it's about a um uh, a girl her her family is kind of fucked up uh they were um like the uncles in prison her dad uh is a um um uh basically he's like an underwater uh, uh um privateer like constantly you know like he's always got a scheme of you know hey we can go check this out and this that and the other or whatever and she decides that she's going to become a police diver and it's it it's her dealings with um with getting caught in you know caught up with all this different um um uh uh, uh smuggling and uh, drugs and everything else that's going on in Florida. Cause that's where the book takes place. And now it's moving into the point where she's like really getting into it and has found this possible serial killer. And uh, it's a really good book series. He, I enjoy his characters. I enjoy his writing. So um, if nothing else, go check out some of his other books. He's, he's got a wide range of books, everything from an astronaut that falls back to earth and has and is getting away from the government to uh a, a woman who is a uh she gets she's an fbi agent when they find out she used to be a, a, a magician they're fine they're asking her so how did this crime get committed because it doesn't make sense any other way uh so yeah they're they're really good series anyway uh so that's what i've been reading um so that's our show for the month, ladies and gentlemen. If you would, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes, uh, Google, Stitcher, wherever it is you listen to the show. We're pretty much everywhere at this point. Um, you can also uh, catch us at epicallygeeky.com and on the social media at epicallygeeky on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, you can also check out our other shows, the Marginally Geeky Show, the Epically Geeky Show, uh, Creatively Geeky, and Sustainably Geeky. Procrastinators. Um I said it. I got it. Um, <laughs> I always Why do you old. even keep bringing it up? I know. He's the only. I only do it because he, he's he's making me bring it up. Anyway, um, but yes, definitely check out the other shows because you know we've got a bunch of other stuff going on that's that's interesting and fun. And you know, if you enjoy this show, it's it's us talking about other stuff. So you know, uh, where can we find you online, Jen? Um, you can find me here and sustainably geeky, and that's pretty much it these days. I'm going to stop saying epically geeky until I'm actually on another show. <laughs> I haven't been on that in months, but yeah. And then on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Het's going to be me. Uh, Ray, what about you? The reluctant Yeti uh, on Instagram. Uh, again, trying to stay away from Twitter until you guys figure your shit out. Uh, yeah. That ain't going to happen anytime soon. Uh, Chris, what about you? Uh, you can find me here and Creatively Geeky and Epically Geeky and Sustainably Geeky. I am not on Procrastinators because I don't know how to play video games. Yes, you do. I don't like to. There you go. They're fine. <laughs> so I really don't know how to. Uh, and on Instagram at Rose and Hummingbird. And as always, you can follow my individual wacky adventure online at Optimus Gene on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For everyone on the site, have a good night. has been a presentation of the Epically Geeky Network.